yeah, I can go first. Can we just keep that as a part of our running routine? You first. Sure. Honestly, alphabetically, it works out. That's true. Well, actually, except for it Caleb, because I go last. <laughs> I was say except Caleb. Well, I mean, Caleb's host, so it's between me and Ross. Touche. Caleb's primary host. Yeah, Caleb works with it. He's he's host prime. <laughs> kind of like office, but not as cool. Hostmist prime. Hostmist prime. <laughs> there, that's it. That's the, <laughs> that's the title, Host of His Prime. And that's it. Nothing else. Host of His Prime. Ladies and gentlemen, him. boys and girls. Who, God damn it. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, my head. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Who Asked You, the podcast absolutely nobody asked for, but we are going to provide. My name is Caleb Lushapel, and we don't have to talk about that voice crack. I'm joined by my host, Ross Parker, and Alec McBride. How's it going, boys? What have we been up to? Well, puberty for Caleb, it sounds like. And we're going to talk about that. I'm not going to lie. We're going to talk about that later on, though. Hey, but, it happens to the best of us, man. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, it does. It does. And it comes out the worst of times when you need to be most serious. Always when your voice is being recorded, it happens. When your voice is being recorded, and then Always. I feel like... The worst time it's ever happened to me was when I was working at the Boys and Girls Club, and I think I was like, around yeah. And then I my voice cracked, and then you're just like, damn. I I would rather have my voice crack like on a date with a girl I'm very into than have it crack in front of a bunch of like 13 year olds. Oh man, the ruthless. Yes. Horrible. Absolutely vicious. Um, but what I've been watching recently, I started watching Vox Machina on Amazon Prime. Let's go. I started watching that. That was really good. It's uh, so good. I watched Tall Girl 2, not as oh, good God. as Tall Girl 1, not as good at well, as Well, Tall Girl 1 didn't start in a great place, so. Yeah, uh, very interesting stories, I, I will say that, but. I, I saw an incredible uh, TikTok, it was somebody playing a drinking game with Tall Girl, and it was like, take a shot every time they say the world word tall, and then the next shot, was, or the next like part of the video was like 14 minutes in, and they're passed out on the fucking yeah, couch. Yeah. Literally, if you it was like every single time they say tall or make a tall joke or the sister has something weird to say, I think you'd be fucking hammered. Um, then what else did I watch this week? Um, oh, yeah, I watched this like new movie with these like two, two little like not super known actors. It was in theaters. Um, yeah, Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland. Yeah. What, what, what's it called? Yeah. yeah. What's it called? Um, un, un, unknown. Discharted. Uh, I don't think that's it. On, on, Sounds on, familiar. Um, uh, lost in I've, translation. I've seen no. the I've seen the younger guy in a couple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncharted. So I watched Uncharted in IMAX recently. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going later. <laughs> I'm not going to give any spoilers. But this is a video game brought to movie, and we kind of are under the impression that like video game to movies. Not a great, that. not a great track record. Not, not a yet. They don't have a good better in better in recent years, but not a great track yes. record. They honestly have a solid batting average, but if you so, but if you know baseball, that's around like three out of ten. So, which is is about what they're doing. What, what's and the verdict here? Are, are is this a are we on base at least? It it's good. Let's it's go. good. It's really I, that good. makes me really really happy. From start to finish, the tonality, the pacing. The storyline, the dynamic between Tom and Matt and Mark is just like 
perfect. I obviously know that it's like I, there was like I watched some other movie reviews about it, and these guys are just ripping it to shreds, and I just don't get the point. I like everything they were saying. I was like, that's completely wrong. So I don't trust YouTube movie reviewers anymore. Yeah, I feel with movie reviewers, I've come to the point where I've found the people who on like Twitter that I think have similar taste in movies to me. And they're the only reviewers that I trust anymore. The, the, these two that I found on YouTube that produced their reviews super quick, they had a lot to say about it. And I was like, and they said some good things about it. And I was just like, I feel like you guys are like, I don't know. I feel like they're playing into the sound bite of just yeah. having a bad review. Trying to go viral. Yeah, and I was just like, that's not true. These guys actually really did come in. Like the the, the storyline, the mystery, the clues, everything I feel like flowed. You really couldn't pick out which way the way the ending was going to go super early. Um, so I feel like that's always nice. Like you can watch a mystery movie. Like I watched Death on the Nile and I figured we, my, me and my buddy figured out who was going to be who in that for like really quickly. It's actually really interesting to hear you talk about it because you didn't play the games. I did, and I thought it was just very interesting. Good. Um, it opens really good like the, it, it, it like opens with one of the major, major game parts, so it's kind of cool. Oh, really? Interesting. Ross, what yeah. have you been up to? I haven't watched a ton of new stuff. Um, I watched the season finale of Peacemaker. I will, again, stand by it. That's a very entertaining show. And it just got renewed for a second season. Both you guys would genuinely like it. Um, <clears throat> I'm probably gonna binge it. I recently started. I was about to. I was about to say I watched episode one and two uh, over the last couple of days. I am in the same boat with you, Ross. It is a very fun show. I don't know if yeah. I would say it's an incredible show. I think it's a right. very very fun show. That that's exactly okay. right. It's entertaining. You're just there for kind of like the dumb garbage humor that it is yeah i've been a john cena fan ever since he stepped on the scene in wwe mm-hmm. yeah, i so thought you were gonna I'm say ever since he out. stepped on the cena well that was a huge missed pun sorry i cut you off oh <laughs> i thought you were gonna say that you've been a fan of his ever since he hopped on the scene what was that first animated movie he did where he was the bull fernando yeah or uh ferdinand that's what it was ferdinand, ferdinand the bull He's actually really good in that. He's a great voice actor. He might be a way he's a way better voice actor that I think than he is an actual actor. He's a pretty solid. No, he's, his best roles are when he's comedic. Yeah, not a lot. His best roles are when he's comedic. His, no, his I will, he's in are, like comedic action roles. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say like he owns Peacemaker. Like he takes this role on. It's an incredible yeah. casting. <clears throat> yes. Uh, let's see. This would not be a Ross recap if I didn't talk about some trashy reality television drama. I burned through the entire season of Vanderpump Rules season nine. Uh, So I. Vander what? Vander what? There's a lady named Lisa Vanderpump. She owns a series of bars in Los Angeles. All her employees are stupid hot and they all just fight each other every day. Oh, that sounds actually like one I would enjoy. Yes. It's actually that, very That actually sounds like one I would enjoy. It, it's entertaining. Um, it's hard. You could read a book, Caleb. You can improve your life. I'm not saying that I'm going to read it, but or uh, I'm going to watch it. But, but dude, I would love it if people read reality TV. Yeah. Well, that that's what erotica is. But <laughs> I'm going to keep going so we don't delve into that. Um, oh. Also, I wasn't able to talk about because it, it was happening while we were recording last week, but watch the hcs in anaheim halo championship series Ooh, um okay. esports in 
Anaheim, California last weekend. Uh, it's it's just an. I thought I was a good Halo player, and then I go oh God, and I yeah. watch these guys, and it's just another. Planet. I thought I was a really good Star Wars Battlefront player until I recently relogged in to find everybody maxed out the fucking Darth Vader. Um, but that it was really entertaining just to see the best supposedly in the world going at it, or I guess probably the best in the U.S. Halo players going at it. Um, let's see. I think that kind of covers it for everything I've been watching. Not a ton of eventful stuff. Like I said, I it really consisted of just binging that reality television for me because yeah. I burned I through a whole it. season in like three or four days. I love you, it. The, the reality TV for you is just like... Dude, the trashier, the better for You're me. not like engaged with it, right? It's like background noise. Or are you like engaged, like following plot lines in these shows? Both ish. Okay. There'll be times when I just zone off and have this background noise, but then I'll be listening to it like, God, Lala's such a bitch for ratting now Sheena and Brock's engagement. <laughs> so I was gonna say, like, do you take to the level to where we are with like the MCU? Like you have like tabs and history, <laughs> Mark Dad and stuff like because I've seen people do that. Like I know I know plenty of people who watch like the Kardashians. And they could break down the past 10-year history and all the beef. Like, so I can't go like, that in-depth, but okay, cool. I kind of follow that. I just, like, especially, like, Bachelor World. Mm. <laughs> it's easy to do it there. Like, I've definitely seen someone break it down to me why, like, so Kim's wearing these type of shoes, which it relates back to 10 years ago when that designer said she would never have wear those shoes. Now she's I can't wearing tell you shit. I can't tell you shit from 10 years ago, but I can kind of like if I'm watching a episode of The Bachelor and someone from a previous season comes up. Oh, okay, that's so and so from the other season. I'm not going to know their whole personal fucking stories. So if talking about Kim Kardashian, I need to know the history of uh, fucking I I need all the deets on Kanye and Pete Davidson right now. The funniest thing going on. Absolutely. The funny. Did you know on. Pete Davidson is completely unbothered by it? Pete Davidson's loving this. This is the best yes. time in Pete Davidson's like past 10 years outside of releasing. Not like, mentioning like, like Kanye's like one trying to win Kim back, but also how he brought up the SNL skit. Yeah. That Pete Davidson did on him. Yeah. Oh my God. And that's such a funny bit. You hear, have you listened to Easy E yet? It's Easy. a song that has Kanye West in it. No. No. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, it's funny. It actually, he like disses Pete Davidson in it. Oh, that's funny. Are you, are you yeah. saying Easy E or G Easy? No, Easy E. That's the name of the song. Oh, the oh I see. Titled Easy E, and it and it samples the song, uh, uh one of the songs from that Easy E did. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, it's hilarious because it's like, it. I think he says something like Pete Davidson, and then he like sampled like Kim Kardashian saying who, like in the background. That, that's funny. That's very funny. Uh, uh, I've been listening to that for a while now. It's actually a really catchy song, but <clears throat> shit's catchy. Anything my, with Pete uh, Davidson in it usually is very catchy. You know, it's fun. True. Another random beef tangent. My TikTok feed, if we're talking about beef between Kanye and Pete and Kanye rapping about Pete in a diss track, my Twitter, my Twitter TikTok feed is also brought back up the old MGK Eminem beef. Yep. Beef in quotation marks. If that's the, what you want to call the shortest, M-owning the him. shortest lived beef in all of brat history. Eminem won, and Machine Gun Kelly sit down and just hang out with Megan Fox. All right, I I don't care. Well, I mean, the best way someone described Eminem it. won so hard that MGK doesn't make rap music anymore. 
I was just about to say he M won so hard MGK stopped rapping. Yeah, dude, he's more famous, and for it's better for it, and, and it's better for it because he makes great agree. pop punk music. Um, all right, what have I been? Uh, I watched. I've been on a big. I mean, this is my thing. Where Ross is is uh, reality TV. I've been on a massive rewatch binge of YA like movie series. So I went through the Hunger Games movies. I went through the Divergent movies. I'm watching the Twilight movies right now. Oh, boy. oh my god! They're like my favorite junk food background noise movies to put on. Just I love them. Uh, it's just all the books that I read growing up. Uh, yeah, outside of that, her the reason I haven't watched um, Uncharted yet because Horizon Forbidden West came out last night. Incredible game so far. I played way too late into the night um, and then had to get up and record this this morning, but. Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to like Sleep Hungover 2? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to the 2016 uh, breakout game from Guerrilla Games, who had previously only really done for like linear first person shooters. They come out with this RPG open world, uh, gets widespread acclaim, lots of nines, lots of tens on its reviews. The sequel is finally out. I can confidently say at least in the first five or six hours, it is just as good, if not better, than the original game. Highly, highly recommend. Um, let's get into the news, shall we? Let's do it. It was Super Bowl week. We were all wrong with our predictions uh, in who was going to win. We all picked the Bengals. It was a was very, close very score. close game. I was close with my score, but it was like... You were very close with your score. Um, very close game. Matt Stafford gets his first ring, probably solidifies his place in the Hall of Fame with it. Maybe. I still, controversy. Big I still controversy think he does. About that statement. I still think he does. I know that was going over. Uh, people were going over that on Twitter over the last, uh, since you the know, game. But I still I'm think a, he does. Sorry, Caleb. I'm going to cut. Uh, you, no, sorry, you good. finished, Caleb. But then I have a, then no, I have that, a was, that was the end of mine. I'm all good. You are much more... Uh, able to talk about the actual game than I am. No, I have a quick Matt Stafford ram throughout it. Like every bit of Matt Stafford's career, it's been some sort of narrative or whatever. When he was in Detroit, well, the dude just can't win games. Well, he goes to the Rams. They start winning games. Well, he has to be carried by a running game. Well, guess what? They're running back. Cam Akers tears his Achilles. Matt Stafford is throwing like a son of a bitch. Well, they have a great defense. Well, he goes and wins shootouts and consistently wins in shootouts in the playoffs. Well, he can't win the big game. Well, he goes and wins the fucking Super Bowl. And now the argument has shifted again to well he's not a hall of fame quarterback and it's for me it's just a mind-boggling thing that every almost every point of max stafford's career there's been some sort of can't do this can't do that doesn't deserve this doesn't have that and it it doesn't make sense just max stafford is is like one of the most likable guys in the nfl but people want to have these shitty arguments about him just enjoy the guy's a great player we can discuss the hall of fame shit later the guy probably still has another five years of football left in him yep i mean People are just sitting here and it's like a constant thing of like, they're setting another bar for Matt Stafford to go and clear, like just enjoy the guy's game. It's just one of those things. It like, let the guy play, let enjoy a wall can because he's a great player. Who's going to be around for a while more, just have fun with it. And it pisses me off that people constantly have to like change the narrative and shift the bar for Stafford. And it's annoying. It is. It's super annoying because the dude like, he deserves it so much outside of, like, think about quarterbacks, like, elite quarterbacks from the 
from our lifetime. It's all guys that like never really had obstacles. Like Tom Brady's biggest obstacle was that he wasn't a starting quarterback at first and that he was a low draft pick. Outside mm-hmm. that, he pretty much always had success. Yes. Um you think about Peyton. Aaron Aaron yeah, you think about Peyton um where he never really had like an elite team, but he well I guess he did. He had that I was going to say defense Peyton, in like... Denver, but he he never really ran into obstacles. Like his biggest obstacle was Tom Brady. Yes, that's exactly um, it. And then you have like Aaron Rodgers, who his biggest obstacle is his conspiracy theorist. Well, that and the fact that he can't win. If anybody should have this narrative that Matt Stafford have has, it should be Aaron Rodgers. Outside yeah. of that one Super Bowl. Yeah. It's um, but like Ross is like Ross has every reason to be mad right now because it's just like, like I know our podcast is a hot take podcast, but. Mainstream media has the hot negative take. Oh yeah, they love the hot they negative. Have take. to diss somebody, and if they're not yeah. dissing somebody, they're not getting views, they're not getting likes, they're not getting clicks. Stephen A. Smith, prime example. This guy rarely says anything like positive or positive reinforcement about a player. He makes his money and consistently off the yeah. sound of him just trashing somebody else. All those guys, him, Skip, uh, what's the other? Uh, Shannon Sharp, like all those guys just hate to hate people or love to Shannon hate people. Will Colin, Cow- Colin Coward is the worst. Oh. Fuck Colin Coward. I like he's <laughs> so goddamn annoying. I've I have not been able to like consistently listen to Colin Cowherd since I used to listen to like ESPN radio every morning in high school. Um, it was always RSV, uh, uh, SVP and Rosillo into Colin Cowherd, and I would always turn it off after SVP and Rosillo because Colin Cowherd came. Uh, it was the first League of Legends World Championship uh, that got over a million concurrent viewers, and this was in, like, 2012. They've been getting consistent over a million viewers since then. Um Colin Cowherd, after that, like, really cool accomplishment, couldn't just be happy for esports, comes on his show and talks about how all of them, all of the players at the World Championships had to, uh, like, go upstairs and talk to their mom to help get their plane tickets to the World Championships. Like, God, come on, dude. All of those yeah. players are making more money than you are hosting this fucking radio show, Colin Cowherd. None right. of them had to get help from their mom. You're just being a jackass. Sorry, that's it, my Colin Cowherd rant. Nope, it's okay. I, I should go on a rant about esports. Your feelings are about we're, we're getting off topic of the Super Bowl. We definitely are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the game is maybe is like the most fun thing to talk about here. The game was incredibly fun. It was, it, was a sh- it, it was a shootout. It was a close game. It was a defensive stop to end it, which me and Alec were talking about before. Um, in a while. The show, the show started that it's been a while since we had like a defensive stop end the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last Patriots one we could really think of was Patriots uh Seattle and that was more of it wasn't as much of a defensive stop as it was like a crazy defensive play yeah yeah like a def- this was like a almost like it wasn't a three and out but it was kind of like that mid-game three and out where you're like yeah. Oh, okay yeah all right whatever. they got a fir- they got a first down or two but like it was a solid stop you know yeah but like in Seattle versus it's goal line yeah goal line stop and that's like so much the stakes goal line stop that shouldn't have happened you know so both you guys know i worked and interned in arizona a little bit of a brief story Mm -hmm. one of my supervisors worked for the arizona cardinals at the time 
and it was happening in the Cardinal Stadium. So you would still have and a staff of that NFL team working that event as well. He was up in the press booth in the corner where that interception happened. And he said, when that interception happened, every Seattle copy beat writer just got up and left. Like they didn't even stop to finish their work. They just got packed up their shit and left. I mean, their job's done. They know exactly what the, every single question at the press conference is going to be afterwards already. There's no reason for him to stay there. Yeah, I have. A, I, I remember a similar story. Um, oh fuck! What game was it? It was my junior year at Oregon State. I want to say no, senior year probably. It was where we had, Yeah, it was senior year because it was when we ended at five wins or four wins, and we were like one or two off from a bowl win, and we had that crazy game at home against Arizona State that we were in it. We were in it. We were in it, and then. Um, What's his name? Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to trash him, so I'm not going to say his name. But one of the former Oregon State quarterbacks, just terrible throw, terrible throw, terrible throw, three and out on the last drive. And every single beat reporter, as soon as the last ball was missed, just like got up and went to the press. press or the, What's up? Jake Luton? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was Jake Luton. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, you have a problem. Ter- you know, have a problem ter- trashing him. I've never liked him since he got there. So, I the thing is, I like Jake Luton, like as a human. I've talked to him enough that I'm like, ah, I don't really want to trash him. But anyway, um, Back to let's the Super talk, Bowl. yeah, let's talk about I think the funnest thing we talk about the storylines a little bit. The Haram, the tweet from Natty Light with Harambe in the background, incredible. Um, yep. let's speaking of advertisements, let's get into these commercials, I think, which. There weren't really many good commercials this year. The the only good commercials were the trailers. That's my yes. Take. Honestly, the, yeah. The only like good the, the only commercials I was excited about were the trailers. Are, the, are we going to talk about the best part of the whole Seth Super Rogen Bowl? One was pretty good for me. What's your What's your call on the best part of the whole Super Bowl? The halftime show, man. Let's talk about the halftime show. God, that was such <sighs> a badass halftime show. <clears throat> my, I, I, I will qualify this saying, best halftime show in years. The fact, and I get why they did it, the fact where you have Eminem and Dr. Dre in the first, like, in the halftime show, and you don't start the halftime show with Forgot About Dre, that's the only miss. The only miss. I could see why you would say that. I still think that entrance... I I do, too. I'm not upset about it. Fantastic. Can also, the whole 50... dollar that came from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> incredible execution, incredible plan. I don't know why 50 Cent agreed to it because he did not. He was having a tough time wrapping upside down at his <laughs> yes. age. Does not have the same lung capacity that he once had. I think it was funny because he's probably like, he's like, this is not as easy as it was when I first made this music video. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome though. I, like I what an incredible like, did, show. Did they announce 50 was in? Because I didn't no. even know. He was the surprise. Yeah. Yeah, 50 was the surprise. I think That's they cool. announced it before the show, but the original announcement didn't have 50 in it. Yeah, they had no, nah, not, not even before. Like they have a guest. There, there's always a guest start, but usually we don't know about it. I couldn't remember if they actually if they actually said who was coming out. Um, <laughs> my favorite part about it, I think, was Snoop. Snoop just telling the NFL. The NFL telling Snoop that he couldn't wear a blue bandana with his black outfit and his response being, okay, then I'm wearing an entire blue bandana tracksuit <laughs> yeah. and crib walking 
all over the stage was fucking awesome. Oh my god, everything about that halftime show was so damn great. That I feel bad for Kendrick from that yeah. picture that keeps getting thrown around because yes, he's the one standing, in the box. Yeah, the one in on no, the one on top at the end where they all line oh, up. Oh yeah. The one on top at the end where they all line up. He's standing next to Eminem who was like a taller dude. Kendrick isn't like insanely short, but what did you say he was Ross 56? Did we just lose Ross? He's 56, but also yeah, it's like at the back of the platform. And the way the photo is taken, it just it just makes Kendrick look like he's Kevin Hart size. He looks so small. He's yeah, like you said, it's it's really a trick of the camera. It's because he's at the back and because he's right next to Eminem. But it is not a great look for Kendrick on social media. Very memeable. Um, all right, let's talk about some baseball. I think. Yeah. Quick little baseball hitter. Um, we're in the middle of a lockout. We're in the middle of a owners not ca- not coming to the negotiating table. The meeting yesterday between the MLB owners and the MLBPA lasted 14 minutes. It the owners are so unwilling to compromise on pretty much anything. That's and- one story. It's not a story we have a lot of information on because – these are pretty secret meetings. The only information we're really getting is the information that the owners and the NFLPA are leaking to reporters. MLBPA, you mean? That's what I meant. Yep. Yep. Are leaking to reporters in an attempt to strengthen their own position. The biggest story in baseball this week, it came out that before the lockout, or at least what I think is the biggest story, before the lockout, Juan Soto turned down, and I think it's right to turn it down, 13 years $350 million, the confidence required to look a $350 million payday in the ch- in the face and say, nah, I'm good. Insane. And for those uh, listening who are wondering, well, why is it the right call to turn down 350 million big ones? Well, when you break it down to a per year salary, it's like 25 million a year. So Soto is probably looking for a higher yearly average. Like when you yep. see guys like Mike Trout making 40 mil, not saying he's going to get Trout money, but he's probably going to want to break the 30 mil a year mark. So that's I, why he turned it down. But you're I right. did the math and it would have put him at 18th overall in the MLB at, at in average annual value. He would have been just a few dollars per year in front of Bryce Harper when in reality, Juan Soto is definitely a top 10 bat in the yes. MLB, potentially a top five bat. Right. Um, so I, I get why he did that. But you're right. The absolute cojones to just turn down 350 for like, good for you. Yes. Big good for nuts. you, Juan Soto. Big nuts. Um, you said that was the biggest piece of news you thought to come out of the holdout info i am gonna go you're right it is a massive bit of information on the lockout i think and this is after working in minor league sports minor league baseball just hearing all the shit the mlb legal team is coming out leaking out about their opinions on how they want to compensate minor leaguers is fucking disgusting they came out and like they had a lawyer, which turns out I saw somewhere that the lawyers getting paid like seven seventy five an hour by the MLB, and they're making the argument that and he's not the only league, one they have. And the minor league, and they're making the argument that minor league players don't need a higher salary because we're going to start providing housing. 
when I worked in double A baseball, I would interact with some of the guys. And when they were in single A, they were saying they, their annual salary was $1,200. Yep. Total the entire year. Like that's not like when I was living in LA, that's not even my rent. Like y- your lawyer for two hours makes more than an entire year for a single minor leader. And then um, what I was talked the other to shit you can, they, the they, they also, came, oh, sorry. They also came out and said, we need to eliminate more minor league yep. player roles and minor league teams. And it's like, how they fucking were, evil do you guys want to be? They were going to cut it down. Currently, um, there are 155 minor. This is after the MLB already shuttered about 70 minor league teams over the past couple of years. There are 155 minor league teams owned by MLB franchises. The proposition was to cut it down to 120, another 35 teams. You think about 35 teams. Maybe you're not thinking it's that many people, but then you think 35 teams, these are baseball teams. These are 26 man rosters. You're mm-hmm. looking at well over 600 players. And then also like on my end, like when I was working in marketing, when you shut down teams, there are still people that are going to be on marketing yep. teams and communications, 100%. even small teams that you shut down. It may only be like 10 people 10 staff, people. but that's still, that adds up quick. That adds up really quick. And then, well, we go back to, to go back to the money thing, some of the guys that I talked to um, that used to play for the Salem Volcanoes, which were a single A, a short A team for the San Francisco Giants until the most recent um, cutback of MLB minor league teams where they got disavowed and now they're, uh, or not disavowed, but they don't own any, they're not owned by the Giants anymore and they're an independent league team. I was talking to some of those guys and they would say, they said that they used to pack like 12 half their team into they would pack basically their entire team into two four bedroom houses like 26 guys living in two four bedroom houses just because that's the only way they could pay rent so just like i don't want to hear another billionaire bitch about how much it is to pay a livable salary to a kid who just wants to play baseball and if pay him the fuck pay him the minimum goddamn wage and get him pay, at least 30k pay him a little livable wage and throw that you're forcing them to move i mean not because ultimately they are playing like a game i get that but you're still uprooting their life and forcing them to move to a new state a new city most of the time very very few people get to live or or get to play around where they live yeah you should be providing housing that shouldn't be like a thing that shouldn't be like a oh we're gonna like that's our bargaining chip that should already be fucking happening the amount uh, and again to double back on my experience working in minor leagues the amount of guys that would have to take another job or two jobs nope. while they were playing baseball, it was damn near all of them. Cause they don't like either that or they had to have family help them out or they would have to have their host families. Yep. Who they would stay with help them out. The host families are fucking angels, man. That's yes. the only yes. reason any of those minor league teams survive. Um, and also if you're really thinking about it, if minor leagues is meant, if the minor leagues are meant to educate and train and make players better, it only helps that mission to have like a little apartment type complex by the stadium that all the players live in. Yes. Think about the way that college sports work where the team is pretty much all in one area. They all live together. They all like, they have that bond. And then they're also like all going to practice together. It's all in this contained area around campus. They, they learn and they get so much better during that time because of that. Like it only makes sense. Right. I mean, again, I said it before. 
I don't want to hear another billionaire bitch about how owning a minor owning a baseball team and its franchises is so hard. You yep. bought the shit. Come on. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's talk about, let's get into some of our more pop culture stuff. I'm going to talk for, I mean, all of us are going to talk, but this is my no, no, favorite no. piece you, of news. You, you're going to get the soapbox are, out this one. Are, 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 you, are you about to go into news and leave the baseball world? One more baseball. I, I am. Yeah. Throw out a baseball bit. Oregon State baseball is back today. They are. Fuck. I didn't even think about that. We should have talked about that. Oregon State baseball down in Arizona, the best, like, Honestly, my favorite up there with my favorite two weeks of every like college baseball season is this two weeks where the Oregon State baseball team just stays in Arizona and plays like 10 games in 14 days. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's oh, amazing. You know yes. what's so crazy? When we were working in Gill and I'll be working like right around time, it's still basketball season. So I'm still like working basketball games. Those small TVs that they have all yep. over the Coliseum, they're never on. For anything else that's occurring in Gill. No basketball. They're never on replaying the basketball game. They're never on showing the women's game. Second LSU baseball comes on. Every single Every one. Single one. Yes. And these aren't like these aren't plasma screen TVs. These are some old RCAs. Like, like you could fall and like definitely cause some brain damage on somebody if they fell on somebody. That's how old these TVs are. And big game with the new uh if there's a big game with the new middle scoreboard, they throw that thing on the t- uh, they throw it up on that too. It's amazing. Oh yeah, the nothing. Giant. Nothing gets the Oregon State communication department up, or like Oregon State athletic department up more than the start of baseball season. Yeah, it's amazing. It's awesome. This it is, is, and I love it that like now, and it, college baseball deserves it. It's going to get so much more attention. Way more people are going to tune in with the MLB lockout, and yep. it's going to be great because there's so much good baseball that happens in college. So much good baseball. Uh, um, all right, let's talk about. The Lord of the Rings. Talking from going going long to going short. Let's talk about Lord of the Rings. The first trailer for the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, the prequel series in development over at Amazon. The $500 million for the first season series came out and it is everything I wanted. We got so much information in a minute long trailer. So you go through your rant first and then I have questions for you because I'm sitting out here fan of the lord of the rings unknowingly of this prequel stuff so i have questions for you about the prequel stuff but rant first then let me hit you with questions and kind of interview you on this so these are, are just all, these are just all the things that i saw i saw i've watched some more trailer breakdowns where people are going frame by frame and looking through the background and taking some stuff i'm not that much i haven't been able to ever read the silmarillion let's say that i've tried many times it's very hard to read um so things that i saw harfoot's um, the ancestors to the hobbits seem to be our point of view for learning about the second age. It seems to be that we're going to follow a similar storytelling pattern to the Lord of the Rings of the Hobbit, where we have this POV from the hobbits um, telling us about the rest of the world. It seems like we're going to have the Harfoots talking about the rest of the world in this. Very exciting. We saw vampires. I'm pretty fucking sure we saw vampires anyway. Um in Tolkien's, in the Silmarillion, in his history of this world, which, if you guys don't know, is Tolkien basically said his, like, whole attitude with the Lord of the Rings was that he was a historian, that he was the only one that could decipher the language of this, and that he found these books, that he essentially found um, The Hobbit, the book, that yeah. that they're writing in 
the book. He found that in the basement uh, at his university <clears throat> and deciphered it. And that's where the Lord of the Rings came from. Anyway, so it's true is what you're telling. Me. Yes. I mean, he said like that. <laughs> that was a true story. That so was based on a true story. <laughs> that was Tolkien's like thing that he said it was true, that it was a history of um, like Earth and that the end of the third age where they say they're going into the age of man, which is the fourth age, is actually the beginning of our history. It's really cool. Yeah. Um. That's anyway, so funny. I would love it if they put like based on a true story in Lord at the beginning of it. You just watch some like some DP kids getting like fucking high in the background, just be like, <laughs> "When the fuck yeah. did that shit happen? Like, when did that?" What? So in the Silmarillion, it's stated that vampires uh die out at the end of the first age. This show is in the second age, but it's also kind of hinted at that like they can't really know that that there's probably still vampires out there anyway well, we see tell you about the fourth age man we still kind of have them. <laughs> we still we still have them now they're still around they're very relevant nowadays <laughs> the second uh so age, wrong. the second age of the show we see some vampires we know they're still around we also see galadriel um and isildur characters you'll know from the original trilogy we also see who i'm fairly certain is celebrimbor and or Sauron, we see they they wear similar Sauron armor. Or Sauron, you can say it either way. I I kind of go back and forth. I usually go with Sauron, but sometimes kinda like I say Sauron. Add at yeah, I, I think more like huger Lord of the Rings people will probably get mad at me for saying that, but whatever. Um, if you don't know, Celebrimbor mm-hmm. is dramatic people elf. wouldn't be mad at you already, but okay. Your, your grammar Nazis would be angry at you already. True. Celebrimbor, uh, if you don't know, is the elf who secretly makes the Ring of Power after the rest of the rings have been made. Um, Sauron, obviously, is Sauron. Uh, you know who that is. We also see our first ever female dwarf, like at least main character female, female dwarf in this. We see uh, a dwarven princess. She's later in the trailer called a dwarven queen. So I think it means we're going to see like a longer period of time. We're going to see her rise to power. We're probably going to see her get a beard at some point because she doesn't have a beard in the trailer. Wait, That's really... all dwarves get beards? Yeah. Female dwarves have beards also. Huh. Nice. Yeah. Let's see that coming. So we're going to see that soon. Um, also, I'll just throw this out there. We don't really need to talk about it. But if you're one of the people that's talking about how J.R.R. Tolkien would never have put black elves and black dwarves into his show or into his books you're just fucking wrong like there's people described out of here there's literally people described in the books as having dark skin and brown skin and every other color of skin fuck you you're just being a racist go die anyway <laughs> all right I'm well in, after wait, that riveting story we line with <laughs> uh was it I, I'm, I'm just nip nipping i guess is it is it celebrimbor or is it celebrimbor i say celebrimbor the game Shadow of Mordor, which isn't technically canon but follows Celebrimbor, says Celebrimbor, but also so the official like pronunciation is Celebrimbor. Okay. So when was this written? Like, when was this storyline written? Obviously, he wrote the first three in The Hobbit. Yeah, so J.R.R. Tolkien wrote the books that he wrote are The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, The Silmarillion, which is literally just a history textbook, mm-hmm. um, and then The Lost Stories, this is based off of the Silmarillion, but it's not a story that Tolkien wrote. It's a story that the writers for this show are making. Okay, so they're taking attributes from the Silmarillion, this history textbook, basically. Yeah. 
in giving it legs is what they're going to do. Pretty much. If you if you if you go along the idea that the Lord of the Rings is the hit, true history of Earth, they're essentially writing uh, like alternate history kind of thing, but not really alternate history it because when we it's do that? canon. When we do that too, like the Kingsman's technically like that. It's like a his, It's like it revolves around history. Every yeah. part of it revolves around history, but it is not. True. Like the true history. Yep, yeah, exactly. History, um, like, like, this uh, is history, te- this like, is technically a little different because this is like canonized. It's a can. It's part of the canon, but it is ba- It's based off of the history in the Silmarillion, essentially. Okay. Um, I can't fucking wait for this show. I think it's going to be really, really awesome. More Lord of the Rings is not a bad thing. No, no. we haven't had Lord of the Rings, and we haven't had awesome Lord of the Rings in so long. The Hobbit, I don't hate it as much as other people. I was going to say, I liked how you had to specify awesome Lord of the Rings and not include. Yeah, I, d- I don't hate the Hobbit movies as much as other people do. I don't know why they made it three movies out of a two out of a two hundred and forty page book. But yeah, Battle of Five Armies, Armies didn't need to be a movie on its own. No, absolutely yeah. it didn't. It did. It, it lost me. But like it could have first- it could have been a two movie. Like you could have done two movies with that book. It probably should have yeah. been two movies. Just made the two three hour a, movies. The third was a bit excessive. Yeah. But I think uh, that was my, you answered most of the questions I was going to ask you, but the main question I asked was like, when was this written? Was this pre or post? And it sounds like it was just a history textbook, like just a thing that was alongside these, these other stories. Yeah. The Silmarillion is like a two and a half thousand page history textbook on the Lord of the Rings. If what? you ever have an interest in numbers, learning about it, don't ever three. try and read it. Watch a YouTube breakdown of it. They are much easier to digest. Say that number one more time, though. Give me that. It's like count. it's like two and a half thousand pages. It depends okay. on which edition of it you get, but yeah, it's 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 very very long. It's like ten books for me. I think the I think the audio book is like sixty hours or something like that. Man, what do you get paid by the word? I guess so. All right. Well, are we going to be ready to take this out of the Middle Earth and bring this into the next call of advancement of the future? <laughs> yeah, let's do Put it. On Twister, right there. Yeah. The next Call of Duty game got announced. Uh, it is developed okay. by Infinity War. It is a direct sequel to Modern Warfare 2019, which is a retcon sequel-ish type thing of the original Modern Warfare series. Do we care a whole lot? No. No. I've yeah. lost interest in Modern Warfare a very long time ago. I didn't even I, I didn't buy Vanguard this year. I, I'm kind of out on Call of Duty until they make like a massive change which it kind of sounds like they're maybe trying to do saying that they're not going to release a game every year who knows, who knows? i'll wait for, them. I'll wait for them to actually deliver before i really care it sounds like we don't have much to say about call of duty but i'm more willing to jump 58 years into the future right now so we can talk about the other thing that was some good math cyberpunk 2077 done, finally six ish <sighs> months after release has a major console update they say they've fixed all the bugs. They've added in stuff <laughs> that people say they or that people have wanted since release. And supposedly it's in a place that they kind of wanted it to be when it released. They kind of, they're kind of saying that this is how the game was supposed to be when it came out. Caleb, you and I were both extremely excited for this game. That initial release just it hurt I, you guys. It hurt you guys. It's As the game that legitimately it's the game that legitimately has made me stop pre-ordering games. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I wouldn't go to that. F- Sorry, I cut you off out. Nope. I didn't go to that stream because literally after that, like a few weeks after Cyberpunk, I went and pre-ordered Halo. That was worth the pre-order, but. There's, there's certain uh, gaming companies you can pre-order from. 
That's true. And I think there's certain ones you should be very cautious of. Main Sony and main. Uh, well, we thought CD Projekt Red was a reliable yeah. one to pre-order from. Yeah, we did. But I mean, like for me, it's like I'm gonna tell you right now. I think the only secure game that I will ever pre-order, and I, I'll pre-order Star Wars just out of excitement. I think yep. that's like one. That's just the one thing I have to do. And, but, and respawn, respawn has given me reason to pre-order their games. Respawn yeah. hasn't delivered a bad game in ever, maybe. Yeah, but usually I'm I'm still very cautious with like like you'll never see me pre-order a Call of Duty game. Yeah, like I get that secondhand usually, but like one one like one consistent game company that's probably produced most like every single game every good every single time for me. And it's funny is like is Game Freak and Nintendo. Nintendo, and that's exactly what I was gonna say. Game. All the Pokemon games, every single Pokemon game I've gotten, I've gotten on day of or week within a week. Yep. And it's ne- never never a bug, never a problem, nothing like that. I am in the exact same boat. Nobody does releasing per- like perfection that like Nintendo does. Even when they release Sword and Shield, it's not even my like, it's like a very low tier like Pokemon game, right? Good, even with the ex- expanded universe, even better. Nothing, nothing bad about it. No, storyline worked through and through. And that's why you hear people critiquing the storyline, not the gameplay. Not the gameplay, exactly. Yeah. But I think we should roll into the next, my probably my next favorite horror movie that I'm going to want to watch. That I've never played. Exactly. Like, this is going to be... Th- this is maybe the video game movie, you know, we keep talking about. Maybe it's maybe it's Uncharted um, that is really going to set video game movies apart, I think. is. I think Uncharted did that. I think Not so, too. I, yeah, from what you said in the reviews, I think we maybe already got it. But if this isn't the one that does it, if Uncharted isn't the one that does it, this is maybe what's going to do it. Netflix is does it. I'll say go yeah. ahead. Netflix is developing a Bioshock movie, and yeah. I am so fucking excited. The only hesitation I have with this, this movie about how it, it probably won't, even if it is amazing, like it could be an amazing movie. It is in the horror genre, and it's 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 pulling teeth to get a lot of people to fill a theater for the horror genre. You know me, I yeah. don't do horror. This yeah. is gonna. This is gonna be the. Your exception. This is gonna be the one where I'm going to. The th- I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, and no, see, I've... there's things though. It's like you have a video game background. If I'm talking to just a standard moviegoer who doesn't have a video game background, they're gonna still olay the horror movie. True. Yeah. Unless know, they're a huge I'm, horror fan. I uh, I haven't touched Bioshock in such a long time. I never actually even played Bioshock two. I don't think. Um. I like I keep thinking back to it and I see people like talking about and releasing clips on the game since uh, all this news broke out about the Netflix movie. I, I may need to delve back in because there's a lot of great stuff about these games story wise. I mean, outside of the final boss fight in Bioshock one, but one of the best, one of the best, I think there's better boss fights now, but when that game came out, one of the best boss fights like in video games. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, well, let's the big daddy fights too. Yes, yeah. the big daddies are so good. Uh, we're talking about sequels now. Let's talk sequel? about sequels. Sequel? A sequel we didn't know we needed. I don't know if it's a sequel I need, but okay. It's a sequel I need. A okay, Christmas story Christmas. <laughs> a sequel to one of the most highly regarded Christmas movies of all time is in production oh. at Legendary with a good number of the original cast, including Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie, returning to reprise their roles i I don't know about you guys but this is the movie that every single like december 22nd december 21st my family got 
around the TV and watch this movie. This was our like go to Christmas movie. This is like this is my dad's Christmas movie. Every yeah. Christmas day, it's that's like running around the house, and it pisses my mom off so much. Dad, like, every, love this movie. Every Christmas, dad needs to watch this one. I think I go quite a few Christmases without ever watching this movie. This movie spawned, like, I mean, maybe not spawned, but definitely increased the amount of like Las Vegas massive <laughs> leg drinks that people are walking around with just bars putting massive drinks in like large legs based on the the lamp that ralphie's dad gets in this movie i just i it's just so much nostalgia for me that i'm very very happy somebody's making this i think i have not received a gift that is nonchalantly not a bb gun and someone will say i'll shoot my eye i'll shoot my eye out it it is one of the more it is probably the most universal quote from like a christmas movie Yes. Uh, yeah. So maybe like, like some of the elf ones. Some of the yeah, yeah, elf, like elf, elf, and your classical ones. Yeah. For me, I, I always like the the older ones, but I understand there's a lot of people that love the Christmas story. I never got to it. I mean, granted, I'm excited because I know this will be probably something my dad have to watch, but I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Yeah. 100%. Sequels always am paranoid about those, especially sequels after so long. Yeah, sequel that for so long. But let's talk about a sequel that's not so long out. Sonic the Hedgehog 3, even before Sonic the Hedgehog 2, is in production. Even before Sonic the Hedgehog 2 comes out, this movie is in production, along with a Knuckles TV series, Idris Elba um, staying in the role of Knuckles for the TV series. The first Sonic came out to... It was one of the more fun stories around that time because the first trailer came out and it looked god awful and they redid all of the CGI in the movie. Yep. The movie comes out and it's very highly regarded um, fans and critics alike. Now the second movie comes out, which seems like it's going to be a lot more Sonic-y, a lot less in like our world and a lot more in the Sonic world. Uh, I, I'm tales. really excited for these. I liked the first Sonic movie. I'm excited for the second. I think it's really cool that they're so dedicated to making these sonic movies yeah um i'm i still haven't even seen the first one i imagine the third one because they're introducing knuckles starting him off as an antagonistic character but we know knuckles is a good guy yeah that's how he starts that's how he started off in the in like the games also knuckles is always kind of like bouncing between i mean i don't know how well you guys know sonic but like number three would probably have to be like shadow the hedgehog then yeah i would guess shadow would come in in the third one yeah, Shadow would have to be the next one. I think Tails is coming into this one too. Yeah. Because I don't, yeah, I don't right. think he was in the first one. That was like their post credit scene was that Tails comes into. Yeah, Tails you're right. Post credit. Tails is in the, in the trailers. Yeah. But let's talk about the No Way Home of our childhood characters. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh my that, God. Yes. What a, what a holy trinity to come back. They're bringing Paramount is bringing Blues Clues to the big screen <laughs> uh, with the three steves so is there going to be like another interdimensional thing how they i, I kind of i don't know i kind of hope they just i kind of hope they don't go interdimensional and they just call all of them steve and that just the person that lived at that house with blue was just always named steve no matter what their real name was jesus i i don't know where they're gonna go with it and i don't have Neither much do to I. Say, but it's just an interesting thing I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. I probably will. Probably but won't. like, I'm just, 
it's really funny that this is you know where Paramount's heading. We got a lot of Paramount news today. They're kind yeah. of big rolling in with the news. Paramount. We have a season, not a like, we have a sequel television series now with this yeah, next. Ro- Ross is going to be big on this one. Uh, even Let's before go. season one releases, Halo the <laughs> series is renewed for season two at Paramount. Not surprised. I don't know how many seasons are there. Red and blue on like red oh, versus blue. Oh, they're red at like season blue. fourteen now. Yeah, There's I mean so that alone stuff. is hilariously funny. So I'm not surprised that Halo actually itself with its own storyline is going to make something. I think so too. I think this I'm is excited be a for big this show. You, it's well documented in this podcast. I love Halo. So I mean. To, to announce that I'm getting guaranteed two seasons of Halo is going to be great, though. Technically, it's not a part of the main Halo storyline. I don't it's know not if this technically is story- canonized. Yeah, it's, it's not technically canon, so I'm curious how they'll do this all. But I mean, more Master Chief and Spartans is not a bad thing. No, definitely not. Uh, last bit of Paramount news. This one came as a bit of a surprise. We like to check in on like the biggest streaming services. Who's winning the streaming war? Paramount Plus making a huge push paramount plus over the past two quarters has tripled their customers going from uh 15 million in q we just finished what q4 so 15 million at the end of q2 2021 now at 45 million at the end of 2021 heading into 2022 um also with these uh all these series and all these movies obviously going to make another big push in this year. I think. Have you guys, do you guys have Paramount? Have you explored I do. kind of what they have? I, the only time I've used Paramount <laughs> is me and my dad watch 1883 on that. Yeah. That's what I've been watching on it too. That um, Yellowstone. And then they've got another good show called seal team. That's pretty solid. I haven't seen that yet. There's going to be some good stuff coming out on Paramount though. I, I saw the little head shake from Alex. Supposedly, at least from the people that I read on the television, it's like a fairly well done, fairly accurate military show. Yeah. I'll watch it. I'll say it. Take a look at it. Yeah, we'll see. Last time I heard that was like, oh my, it's a very accurate military show. And I see a dude saluting his eyebrow with his head up here with his cover. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So. The last bit of miscellaneous news before we hop into the MCU, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, the storied director, movie maker, filmmaker, putting up $120 million of his own money to make his final movie. Supposedly, no studios will offer the money to make it, and so he is saying, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. The, The movie that will, in one way or another, likely decide Coppola's legacy? I would say, or at least the latter half of his career. This is a hell of a gamble. Big time. $120 million of of his own money is going into it. So at least he has a lot of creative control. Yeah. I mean, he has ultimate creative control in this. There's no better way to to solidify your legacy than a movie that is entirely your own, I guess. Yeah. There's just no excuse if it flops. So there's that's the that's the real gamble. Absolutely no excuse if it flops. Interesting to see how it goes. We've already 100%. talked about other ones. Hundred uh, percent. Let's hop into the MCU. The Agents of Shield. We talked about uh, the Defenders mo- or TV shows leaving Netflix last week. It's confirmed. Agents of Shield will leave Netflix in March, likely migrating over to Disney Plus along with the Defender shows. Did you guys watch this show? Yeah. And where did you fall mm, off if you did? Two. Yeah, two. season two. That's about where I did also. Yeah. I, I liked just, I liked the Colson stuff. 
eventually it just got a little bit too much for me. Once there they are people that are super it. into this show. Yeah, once they stopped making it canon, it was just like, what's the point? Yeah. How much of the storyline can I really watch with it, like, effectively helping me overall? It is going to be weird. Like, what are they going to do in the MCU tab of Disney Plus? Are they going to make, like, a like a non-canon? Like, are they going to make a Legends tab underneath of it, maybe? They kind of have that with Star Wars. They have the original Clone Wars movies that aren't canon on there, and they designate them as non-canon. So we'll see, I guess. I will, but I'm more looking forward to the wow factor that's coming up next year. Loki season two. We have it confirmed. We have Owen Wilson confirmed a return and reprise his character. We also have directing duo Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who are becoming kind of go-to directors over at Marvel. Um, Their most recent project, Moon Knight, will direct multiple episodes in Loki season two. This is some big news. We knew we were getting Loki season two. We kind of figured we were getting Owen Wilson, but I mean, just Marvel showing how much confidence they have in this series, putting two of their heavy hitters or putting, I guess it's really not two of their heavy hitters. It's one of their heavy hitter combos, but throwing those guys in uh, to direct some of these episodes. No, I agree. And it's exciting to think about as well for some of these shows. Yeah, it is. It is really exciting to think about. We're going to Loki seems like he's with all the directions that we're going. We're going to talk about it more in uh, the trailer for Doctor Strange. But Loki seems like he's probably going to have a huge role in this next phase. So I'm excited for these movies. I mean, considering he basically unleashed King the Conqueror. Yeah, it seems like he has a fairly big role. And sorry for those who haven't seen Loki. It's been out for nearly a year. You should have fucking watched it by now. Hundred uh, percent. So, Moorhead and Benson are going to be really interesting to see in Loki season two. But they're going to have multiple times to see what we can really kind of like what they're going to pr- bring to the table. But what I'm kind of most excited now is like we might get a new tandem of another set of directors, like we had with the Russo brothers. Russo brothers. So I feel like it's going to be really interesting to see that you know how ha- like Disney likes this. They like having a consistent directors coming in for certain events and I think, how far are they going to take them past just this Loki season? This like combo thing with directors and it's happening a lot with book writers recently too. It's really cool. Like the collaborative writing thing. I think it makes for some really cool stories. Well, it's always good to have somebody to bounce your ideas off of. Right. Yeah. And when you have another person there, you can kind of sit there and mold the project over a lot more. But we're going to see a really cool, interesting way of how they first portray everything in new moon night yeah we got another look at another moon night suit um another moon night i don't want to we can't say variant because it's not a variant by the rules of the mcu but a different yes a persona there we go yeah because he's got multiple uh, personalities right yeah right he's got five yeah uh i know for sure three yeah i think there's five i think i read there in a comic there's five i just can't remember them all like one of them super rich one of them's an doctor and then the other three are you know there's mark specter is the one moon knight is most commonly known as uh there's a steven i think steven grant or something like that rich guy yep but i'm I'm excited though there's a good amount of moon knight panels and comments that i've seen where it has that second design where it's the suit and tuxedo look and it's so cool that it's very comic book accurate yeah it's also just a sick costume yes i think 
what what we're going to kind of see from that, I think is just kind of the powers that he has and just being able to manipulate what he's wearing. I think it's my favorite of the three costumes that we've seen so far, at least from like, just a, like how it looks. I love the way it looks. I think it's the third. We've seen three, haven't we? Or just the two. No, I guess we've only seen the two. The only the original costume and then the suit. I mean, it's not totally unheard of. I could do the one with the giant bird head, but that actually just might be the. That's the god. That's what I was thinking of. The moon god is who you're thinking of. That's what I was thinking of. All right. Um, Uh Let's head in to Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. The trailer. Speaking of men in suits, let's talk about. Let's just cut chase on this one. Let's do it. Um, The mutants are back. Yeah. We got a uh, crystal or clear. Not back. Patrick- the mutants we are here. Yes, we don't, we, here. We don't technically know if they're back. However, we do hear Patrick Stewart assuming, assuming we're one and up. So we're assuming they cannot do that. They, they cannot, would no, I They cannot have this, him play a this different brings character. Up a very, very interesting um, possible what's the right way to say this segue because in the comics dr strange and professor x are a part of the illuminati in marvel comics so Which, this could this should be setting up the illuminati of marvel okay. very much so i think that is the illuminati that is yeah we saw we uh, saw the base right i think that's what yeah. we saw anyway you saw basically a council right and xavier seems to be the head of it um there's thoughts that there's superior iron man reed richards is on it mr fantastic um and maybe another uh mordo he a, a variant of mordo is on it so it's gonna be interesting to see because it sounds like that's what's setting up here um we we don't know where this there, there's so many questions with it the thing is though it's the main question now is that we know a charles xavier is going to be in it like we're gonna we're probably we're gonna just hypothetically run with the fact that that's charles xavier yes do we do we know which Charles Xavier it is? Is it Charles Xavier from X Men One Two, or is this going to be Charles Xavier of McAvoy's growing up? Um, obviously, you know him just being a different character. They killed off the, that Charles Xavier from One Two in Logan, um, and this possible theory mm-hmm. came out. The when you see them going through different multiverses, they go into animated multiverses. Yep. So is this a is this the Charles Xavier from X Men, the TV show? Which and would be it, awesome. And if yes. it is, because they're also making X-Men 97, which is the um, follow-up to the X-Men animated TV show. If they do that, this is going to be fucking amazing. I don't know what to say. It's just going to oh, be. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be uh, It's going to be so sick. On this same sort of line, Ryan Reynolds has been adamant that Deadpool is not going to appear in this because movie. Because... We should point out in the poster, some people saw an image, a little small in like how it looks like it's shattered glass. There's a tiny glass shard where it looks like it could be Deadpool in there. Yep, it does. Um, I don't believe him for a fucking second. Not that I'm you know, convinced that Deadpool is going to be in this, but I'm not believing anything that comes out of the mouth of Ryan Reynolds on this. You know what I, I'm going to believe? I'm going to believe him that he is right. He's not in the movie. He's in the post credit scene. He's in the post credit scene. And that is my uh, million dollar long shot bet right of Zazen now. We I did swear to God, Andrew, we, we did just have Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire lie to us for over a year about yep. their involvement with Spider-Man. But Ryan Reynolds knows that. So why if, he, I feel like he would he would just say he's like, I'm not in the movie. If we get post credit scene, I, I mean, if it is going to be Deadpool shows up in a post credit scene, there is only one 
acceptable option, and it is I Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool just, like, walking into Peter Parker on the street. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing past that. They don't say anything. They just, like, bump into Like, Peter Parker just, like, runs into the side of Deadpool as he's running to the taxi or something. I don't know. But that would be perfect. So, but, yeah. it's We got mutants. We got a storyline. We have an evil Scarlet Witch, it looks like. Yeah. So. It's, I saw a lot of a lot of theories being thrown out that uh, Wanda. I think you guys act. One of you guys actually sent me this on social. I think it was Ross that Wanda is the re. Wanda is like the reason that the multiverse ends up breaking because the spell in Far From Home like doesn't affect her because you can't affect another magic user's memory. I thought that was, was like, a cool theory. When when they cast a certain rune, you can't affect that. Other ma- magic can't affect a sorcerer or sorceress when a certain rune is casted which we saw when wanda was trying to study how to bring her children back so theoretically that like the spell wouldn't have worked on her and therefore the spell wouldn't have worked in general so peter just gave up the love of his life for nothing which would really suck not for nothing but i get your point very well no i'm saying it would suck for him it's a very cool like storytelling way to do it yeah uh all right anything else on dr strange multiverse of madness trailer i just needs to get here i'm i'm excited yeah, for this movie. Just get let's move into the uh <laughs> let's move do into, it let's move into the dc universe and what might be another retcon uh the rock and DC in general put out a trailer for Black Adam, like partly a trailer for Bar- Black Adam, more a trailer for like the DC extended universe. We see yeah. uh, Hawkman, we see Dr. Fate, we see Cyclone, we see Adam Smasher. Theor- like assuming that those are all going to be in the Black Adam movie. Um, we also see Robert Pattinson's Batman in that like his sizzle reel instead of Batfleck. Batfleck, yeah. Um, so it seems like it's going to be a retcon and that they're bringing the Batman in instead of the Justice League Batman. We'll see where it ends up going, but I think the trailer looks really good. Mm-hmm. At least the costumes look sick. Yeah, and I love how we're getting to this phase now, how when we first started the Avengers, like the entire MCU, it was kind of just functionality of the costumes. And now they built up this whole universe that they can get into the comic accurate costumes now. Yep. And now we're seeing that leech over into the DC as well. Uh, we also got, we talked about it earlier, the news that Peacemaker season two has been uh, renewed or Peacemaker has been renewed for season two. So that's part of this DCU. We also got maybe a look at what's coming next for Pattinson. Uh, Robert Pattinson said in an interview he would love to do something like Court of Owls in a sequel I to the would Batman. Love that so which much. Which would be super cool. Um, it would stay along this line of like a dark, gritty Batman. You guys, the... go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was I was just, just gonna... and it's yeah. it's so cool because the Court of Owls is. It's something that it's one of Batman's most difficult storylines and one of his toughest adversaries because it's almost like the Illuminati for Batman. And it's such a cool storyline, the whole involvement of it. And it's not something totally mainstream. I mean, a lot of comic 
nerds know about it, but I'm just saying the casual viewer know about the Joker and Mr. Freeze, which also there's another quote yeah. that they're not ruling out Mr. Freeze coming into Battenson's universe. Um, but this is a really, really cool storyline if they can make this work. Alec, you got anything on DC? Or are you just uh, waiting for them to put out a good movie before you care about them again? I'm waiting for them to come out with that. The Sea of the Batman. It's yeah. just got rated AMC Artesian, which is like a very high um, honor, I guess I would say, but it's high titling. So AMC Artesian is usually that this movie has enough thought-provoking storyline or plotline that you'll be leaving the theater in a different men- mental headset, mm. is what it sounds, or what has been explained to me. But it's very true. I mean, you, everyone, all three of us have seen the Joker. You finish that, you watch that, you now have a, a different kind of look on the character itself. So I'm interested to see how this goes. Um, I'm really interested to see how they're doing the Riddler with more of this hush kind of Zodiac killer style. Um, I really want to see how they play into the Selena Kyle storyline. Like we yeah. don't know anything about it. So it's going to be interesting there. But like I said, you know, I'm going to watch Peacemaker. DC Universe is just one of those. It's like. It's like so they got some... to win you back. It, they it's, it's they like, have to earn your trust. Yeah, they, they definitely have burned me. But it, it's like, oh God, how did I describe it? like watching one of those baseball players you knew that has the potential to be really good, but like also kind of just fucks themselves over a lot, whether it's like arguing with umpires or just cutting themselves off from their own ability to be good. And I feel like DC does that very often where they just cut themselves off from their own ability to be good. Yeah, I agree. And uh, James Gunn, I think is bringing it over. He's, he's James Gunn's the one that even hearing the storylines and just the stuff and the, and the TikToks you see on it, you, you, I feel like he's bringing that Marvel style strategy of winning of like using other characters to get people hyped up using other storylines to cross over. I think James Gunn's going to fuck around and get himself a Feige-esque position at DC. I think he could. I think he very much could get him a Feige-esque position over at DC. I also think that like, they also, the, the last scene in Peacemaker was filmed with Marvel studios. Yeah. So I was like, is Marvel and DC just going to merge for like movie benefits? And they just now get the head of like, Feige takes over all like car, uh, all, comic, all comic movies. movies. Yeah. Oh my god. That would be like so <laughs> insane. I'd be like, oh my god. And then after that, I'd be like, the next ten years of movie making is going to be interesting. I'm still going to get, get the, Marvel. We get the Marvel DC uh, fighting game movies that we always wanted. Yeah. Marvel versus DC. The storylines: Captain America versus Super the Batman. Yeah. Superman versus the Hulk. Wonder Woman versus. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who she fought. I don't know. Maybe. I can't remember. Those games were so long ago. Um, it's a comic book. Oh, yeah. I've never read the comic books. I always just play the games. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's yeah, DC Universe is just one of those ones that we talk about. And I'm like, boy. But they got to they gotta win about. us back. That's yeah, fair. I respect let's, that. Let's take it to the last little bit with the galaxy far, far away. Lucasfilm is planning a post-sequel trilogy for a new Jedi Order. It's presumably Rey's Jedi Order, presumably a less um, Republic-era Jedi Order than we've seen out of the actual Clone Wars Jedi well, Order no or, or Luke's. Yeah, I mean, and that like styled after the Republic-era Jedi Council kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so... Interesting to see. Give me more Daisy Ridley. Make John Boyega a, 
Make uh, Chan Boyega a Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Do do Finn's character right in these, and I think we're heading in a really cool direction because we're in, we're in uncharted territory now. We have no. There's no reference. There's, there's no, no reference. This is part all of them. Part of me also is like, I get it. You want to make your movies. I, I think I've said before, Star Wars almost works better in that TV show format. I still don't think so. I still think the best of Star Wars is in the movies. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get that, though. I think it's really close because I think so there's arcs of the Clone Wars that are up there with Empire. I think there's arcs of uh, Rebels that are up there with some of the best movies. But I still do believe that the movies are where it lives. And I really, really hope we just get a really consistent trilogy with this. Because yes. I still I still believe that the, that the sequel trilogy movies are good on their own. I just don't think it's a, a very conclusive trilogy. Right. It's not well brought. Well, yeah. Let's finish with something that we are in consensus on. Last bit of news for the week. The, the only most... trailer I wanted during the entire Super Bowl. I can't believe we didn't get a trailer for this. I know. But this news maybe makes up for it. John Williams, the GOAT, is helping to score Ooh. Obi-Wan Kenobi. It is confirmed that he is scoring the intro the theme. theme. I mean, this is just all. We know we're getting Obi-Wan and Anakin back together again. If John Williams gives us anything like his previous work, this is going to be incredible. I. I am so excited for this. Like you bring back John fucking Williams, the, one of the like most like he has some of the most iconic productions ever. All, Not, all, I, of, all of the biggest songs from Star Wars are John Williams. Like we, ev- we, everything about the sound of Star Wars is John Williams. He, yeah, he's literally the sound of Star Wars. We can't forget that he made the Jurassic Park theme song. Didn't he yep. write the Indiana Jones one as Indiana well? Yeah, Jones. Yep. He is the most prolific person in like Hollywood. The pro- most prolific. Like part Song. of the film industry in Hollywood, yeah, still creating alive. the sound of like the music of it all. Yeah, it's him, him and Hans Zimmer. Like, there's really nobody that is on their level. Yes, I agree. Uh, what's the Lloyd guy? He did a lot of the plays. Yeah, he's Andrew up there Weber. too. Andrew Weber Lloyd. Other than that, yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, there's just there's really not a whole lot else to say on this outside of the fact that we are so fucking excited for this to come back, for John Williams to come back. All right, last thoughts at the end of the pod here. What do we want to, what do we miss? What do you guys want to say? I think we got it all. I think we got it all too. And I'm ready to lay down. I pulled through. I can't, I'm happy for myself. All right. Al gutted one out. Yeah, he did. He had a MJ flu game. Uh, This has been Who Asked You, the podcast. Absolutely nobody asked for, but we are going to continue to provide. You can follow the show over on social at Who Asked You. That's the letter U pod. I'm at Washapec. Ross is at rparker209. Alec is at alecm underscore one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Same time, same place next week. Have a great week. Later days.